Hi everyone, this is Liz. And this is Kristen. We just wanted to let you know this show was recorded before the tragic events in Paris this week. Our hearts are with everyone affected, and we hope this episode can provide just a few minutes of levity in your week. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Little Passports. Keep your kids busy after school with Little Passports, the award-winning subscription for kids. Right now, Spawned listeners can save 40% on their first month today with promo code SPAWN. That's S-P-A-W-N. Learn more at www.littlepassports.com slash spawn. Spawned is also brought to you by Texture. Texture is the app that gives you an all-access pass to the world's best magazines right on your phone or tablet. Browse hundreds of magazines and cherry-pick the articles that interest you most. Try Texture for free by visiting texture.com slash spawned. That's S-P-A-W-N-E-D. Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Or as our listener Vicky from St. Louis wrote to us, you help keep the sane mommy in me in check when the world, aka internet, is full of the latest parenting outrage. She's going to like today's show. She is. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we'll talk about the Starbucks Red Cup. That's uh, red as in the color of Satan. And then we'll be talking about how to talk to your kids about beauty in this beauty-obsessed world. And finally, we'll close out our show, as always, with each of our cool picks of the week. You can find us on Twitter at CoolMomPicks with a hashtag Spawn Show. Catch us on Facebook, or like lots of people have been doing lately, which we love, you can send us letters. <laughs> That's my line. I'm supposed to say letters instead of emails. Send it to spawned at coolmompics.com. All right. Liz, it's your favorite word. Outrage. Outrage. In fact, when this was trending on Twitter this week, um, one of our friends actually tweeted that she had my outrage sound cued in her head every time she looked at all the outrage well, about the Starbucks cups. I know. Well, it's funny because I feel like I'm having a little deja vu when, like um, Lenny Kravitz's pants because like, <laughs> you had no idea what was going on. We're working on our big Cool Mom Picks holiday gift guide. It's like our biggest thing of the year. Uh-huh. And I was like, Liz... You know about the red cup? And you're like, what? Yeah. So apparently, according to some evangelical, can I say crazy people? Sure. Why <laughs> okay, not? Because they are. Not all evangelicals are, but these ones are. Starbucks is a bunch of radical liberal terrorists who hate Jesus and want to destroy Christmas. And do you know why? Because they put out a red cup for the holidays with a Starbucks logo on it that doesn't actually say Merry Christmas on it, even though they've never put Merry Christmas on a cup. I think Jesus would be angrier about a decaf frappuccino, to be quite <laughs> honest with you, as opposed to this. If I if I had to speak for Jesus I right did, now. I did tweet that Jesus <laughs> died for your lattes. <laughs> so we can't help but laugh about this because there are so many problems in the world. And I know that there's kind of relativism out there and that something's capture your imagination and make you angry. But I think of all the issues in the world that might be actually hurting Christians. And like I don't boycott think worthy. Like, meanwhile, do we really want people walking around without caffeine? <laughs> That's the number one problem I have with this whole thing. Well, it's also, you know, this isn't like a church that was forced to remove a nativity scene from their front lawn because someone might see it and be offended by it. This is like a commercial <laughs> 
company, Starbucks, commercializing Christmas, <laughs> not in the way that people would like them to. So I had tweeted something about how in today's news, evangelicals demand Starbucks commercialize Christmas more to better reflect its true meaning. Well, all I have to say is someone over at Starbucks marketing is brilliant. I know. I mean, they're just going to get so many Instagram shots of people putting now like Merry Christmas or Happy Kwanzaa or, you know, whatever they're putting. I've seen the funniest memes about this. Oh, I know. Some of them are hilarious. And look, Liz and I realize that, you know, by now, I know it's been about a week because we do our podcast almost a week in advance. So we're hoping, fingers crossed here, I even have my toes crossed, that this has died down by now. But we couldn't, we had to talk about it, right, Liz? Well, I mean, because we, we haven't stopped talking to. about it for the last day. <laughs> Some guy on Twitter, Andrew J. Garcia, tweeted, I converted to Christianity because Christians were protesting Starbucks about their red cups, said no one ever. <laughs> And then this is awful. It's funny because it's real. Somebody actually tweeted, I won't be gifting any Starbucks gift cards for Christmas because they hate Christians but love our money. I'm like, wait, what? What is going on in the world? Why did why do you think people feel so persecuted? Like, is it this kind of majority privilege where you're so used to everybody like catering to your own holidays that when they don't, you feel like but they're meanwhile, attacking you? We do cater to Christmas. Well, that's what's so funny. <laughs> if you walk into Starbucks, they have giant bright red holiday displays featuring their Merry Christmas holiday coffee blend. As an atheist Jew, I'm not like out there outraged that they don't have any. You're like, not blue walking cups. into Starbucks with a Sharpie crossing off Christmas on all the bags, Liz. <laughs> I'm putting on Stars of David. It's so funny. I don't know. I just look at it as red and festive, and it's a sign of Christmas. And, you know, I, as I joked to my friend, if we control the media, what good is it if we can't even get a blue cup into Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say that once Trump weighed in, I was out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm jumping out. Did you see what he said? Well, anything for more press, of right? Of course. So, yeah, he said that he would boycott. But, you know, it's really interesting about Trump's statement. And no one's covering this. It's shocking to me. So he said, if I were president, there would be Merry Christmas in all stores everywhere. And I thought, OK, he just admitted that he wants more government intervention into private businesses. If he's president, he's going to mandate what people say in stores. Yeah, that's not super Republican. I think he needs to look up Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I think he needs to look up a lot of things, like uh, hairstyle. <laughs> I'm hoping one day he'll just be like a sad pop culture footnote along with the Starbucks cup. Well, I think the people need to go back and watch The Grinch to find the true <laughs> meaning of Christmas. Yeah, isn't Christmas really about like a bunch of who's underdressed with no winter coat standing outside and singing? <laughs> Like, that's the true meaning of Christmas. It's not about, like, your right to buy Frappuccinos in well, a Christmas did you cup. know it's the ending that we didn't hear about? The Grinch's heart grows three sizes, but then he gets ticked off at the red cups at Starbucks. <laughs> and it shrinks again. <laughs> Grinch part two, revenge on Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we would love to hear from you. Like, what do you think about this? Are you going to boycott Starbucks? Are you going to bring your own cup so you don't have to drink out of a red cup? Or are you going to Instagram something really funny? And if you do, please send us the link to Spotify bond at coolmompics.com because some of the stuff people are writing with Sharpies on their cups are so, so, so funny. I would love to see yours. Next, we're going to chat about kids and beauty in a beauty-obsessed world. But first, this. 
You know what time of year it is, Liz? I do, because I've been writing holiday gift picks on our site all week long. And I've been helping you a little. <laughs> so one way, and actually we recommended this over past years. Yes. That you can keep your kids busy is with Little Passports, which is an award-winning subscription for kids, and it's awesome. Yeah, they've got pen pals Sam and Sophia who send your child a monthly package in the mail, Liz. And everybody in the actual mail. It's like an actual letter. A <laughs> letter is. that comes Real from an actual postal carrier into your mailbox. That's an important lesson on its own for kids it to learn. It is, but then they also take you to all sorts of really cool global destinations. Like Kenya and Spain and all over the world. And you can follow the journey on a wall-sized world map, which I love as a gift on its own. Yeah, it's great. And then they get, like, souvenirs and stickers and activities. It's it's great for, you know, if you need something for your kids to fight over. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's, like, just a great gift for kids that have everything. If they have every toy known to man, this is just a really cool subscription box. And what's even better is they're offering 40% off on the first month today just for our listeners with promo code SPAWN, S-P-A-W-N. And you can learn more at www.littlepassports.com slash spawn. So it's interesting right now, there's been a lot of different stories in the news. And I think over the last few years, not just the last few months, about this looks-obsessed culture that we're in. Yes, that's perpetuated by selfies and Instagram and all the avatars we have to have all over the place. Don't and you I think? Definitely think so. And I think I see this differently as a parent, and especially as a parent of girls, because how I talk to my kids about beauty and about selfies and retouching selfies and things like that. <laughs> it's really challenging as a parent. And I think we're at this like really interesting crossroads in the culture right now where there's this kind of push and pull, like where you should be proud of how you look or you should not wear makeup or you should be proud of wearing makeup. Fem- you know, makeup is the feminist thing to do. Makeup is not a feminist thing to do. There just seems to be a lot of varying opinions about beauty and selfies and this kind of looks-obsessed culture we're in right now. And I'm trying to figure out how to navigate it all. Well, it's so hard because I feel like, don't you think we're more photographed than we ever were? Well, of course. And, like, the instantaneous nature of a cell phone is so different than it used to be because you would take a photo with a, you know, a regular camera and then you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't get those photos back for two weeks. Yes. And you'd have no control. You're like, my oh, ki- well, my I was kids making a crappy one of those, face. Yeah, they had one of those disposable <laughs> cameras at camp this summer because they couldn't actually have digital cameras. They could have the little disposable kinds or they could have the Instax. They didn't even know the idea of taking a picture and not being able to look and see what it would look like before they took it. Where is it? Wait, I clicked the button, but where's the photo? I remember first being aware of this probably like four or five years ago where I wrote a post on Mom 101 called Retouching Childhood. And it was when my kids were in school for the first time and they got their school photos packets sent home, you know, like the overpriced, you must pay $200 or else. But we still do it anyway, (laughs) even though we have all friends that are photographers. Well, there was a checkoff box. Do you want retouching? What? And I was like, who the hell is retouching their kids? Wait a second. school photos. They offered that on school photos? Yes. For children? Yes. And really? there was a, now I've said I would some, like my second grader to have larger breasts. <laughs> <laughs> my son's nose is a little off center. He just never had the symmetrical face his father and I were hoping for. <laughs> so I did get schooled by some of my 
readers on Mom 101 who said things like, my kid actually gashed his forehead two days before school picture day, and I wanted to take that out. I didn't want that to be part but of why? his story. Those are the memories. He'll look back on his photo and be like, I remember when I gashed my forehead. I'm with you. And yeah. then I think about like all the teenagers who want to retouch out their acne. And so I kind of was torn on it after hearing about that. But I think like when they're sending this home in a kindergarten packet, I'm it's like, weird. what the hell kind of retouching do you need? But what chance will they have on sh- ending up on awkward family photos, Liz? Nobody <laughs> knows. Their photo could go viral. That is so funny. <laughs> we need bad pictures of you kids. We can be internet famous. Mess up your hair a little, please. So it's interesting. So people were really for it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, no, no, not everybody. Not okay. everybody. Okay. But people were like, oh, stray hairs. And I thought, you know what? One of my favorite photos is my fight with my daughter last year, my youngest, who you cannot tell her anything. She's a Taurus through and through. Yep. I'm with and her. She refused to like wear her hair down. She wanted to put it back, which means it's like all frizzy all over the place. And that's her picture. Yeah. And that will always remind me of the year that she was like, nope, this is how I want to wear my hair. And you know what? It's imperfect. And often my imperfect photos of my kids are the ones I love the best. Yeah, I think so too. I think it represents that. Like, when are your children actually sitting, <laughs> posed, smiling with their hair perfectly put to the side? Never. That's never But then I think house. it's a very slippery slope from that into now they're 10, now they're 11, now they're 12. They have Instagram accounts. They're sharing pictures with friends, and they want the best possible photo. And I can even see, like, my friends' kids that I know or nieces who are, like, 11, 12, and they already are posting selfies, and they know the best poses. And you can see them making the little duck face and holding the camera up over their head like we do. Well, I mean, a lot of them are following these Instagram superstars. Yeah. And that was a big news story for the last week, right? Her name's Asina O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is controversial. Yeah. So basically, she decided to edit her captions on her Instagram And she was a huge, popular social media presence. Yeah, So she had lots of beautiful—she was a model. I mean, although, I, you know, I looked at some of the photos. You could tell that they were stretched and thin and creepy, like, Barbie-looking. Well, basically, she just edited the captions to say, like, I took this one 400 times and I didn't eat all day. Right. And, you know, I have to say, reading so many of them, I think you and I and and a lot of adults know that that happens. But when you read— it wasn't it startling like I was really startled by seeing the captions I have to say I I, you know I commend what she's doing I know there's controversy that she's just rebranding and now she's trying to create a new site in which case so what She's seen the light. She wants to now stand for something more positive. I don't care if that gets her publicity or not. I think it's a good message to have out in the world. So I commend her for doing this, you know, even if her methods are up for some scrutiny. But I think the thing that actually got me the most about her feed was seeing that it was her mother and sister who were taking all the pictures of her. That's fascinating. I didn't realize that. She would say something like, you know, I had to make my mom stand here and take 100 photos (laughs) till I got the right one. And it, you know, looked spontaneous. And I thought, okay, so she's part of this. So, you know, what's our obligation as parents to our kids in terms of presenting authentic pictures of themselves out there, both, you know, metaphorically and and literally, and also, you know, making them feel like they're their best selves? Well, what I think is funny is now, like, all the unretouched photos out there, like, that's considered art now. (gasps) I know! It's not even just like a photo. I know. It's People so are funny. like posting unretouched <laughs> photos and they're like, there's a, a, what, a digital artist named Molly Soda. She believes the art of the selfie is about being like unvarnished and treating it more like an art photograph. And I thought it's an art photograph because you took a selfie without retouching it. <laughs> wow. 
wow, we've come a long way in terms of what constitutes art. But you know what? I guess if art is often to counteract what's going on in the culture, it makes perfect sense. Now, how do you feel about this whole thing? And I think it's it piggybacks what we're talking about with all the celebrities now. You know, they're posting yeah. photos of themselves without makeup. Amy Schumer did that whole hashtag girl, you don't need makeup. But then it's like, do they really not have makeup on? Harper's Bazaar had a like little, you know, Link Beatty slideshow <laughs> that had like, you know, 12 gorgeous, unretouched, no makeup selfies. And I'm looking at them going, that woman is wearing a crap ton of mascara. What are you talking about? <laughs> So I think some of them, I'm not sure. But I do think a lot of these women, Amy Schumer, Jennifer Lawrence, like they are posting legitimate photos. Scarlett Johansson did it. I think that's really inspirational. And it helps girls see that what they're seeing in movies, what they're seeing in the pages of magazines is a lot of work on their faces. So I like that. But I also think (laughs) that like some people are gorgeous with no makeup. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make you feel worse? Like, wow, they look amazing with no makeup. Like, I like I know I need to stand in front of the mirror for a long time to even get half that close. I know. I'm always like, is this the right light? And then I feel like it's the great light. And then I walk out into not so great light. And I'm like, oh, my God, what did I just do? I look like a clown. I do love that Kate Winslet has added a no retouching clause into she her has? contracts. Yeah, yeah. She did add that. And that was big news. Should have been bigger news. Well, because people are so busy being outraged about Starbucks cups. <laughs> they're not They're not talking about the important things like the no retouch clauses. Stop re- touching Starbucks cups. Wait a second. <laughs> well, you know what? With all this makeup talk, I mean, I've got an 11-year-old. You've got a 10-year-old. Yeah. And I think the big, huge question here that as parents that we struggle with, at least I do, is how to talk to your kids about makeup. Do you wear makeup every day? Like, what I do, do you do? I don't wear a lot of makeup. In fact, I did an episode of Nightline last night, and I came home in stage makeup. It wasn't even that much makeup because I had to do it myself. But I come home, and my <laughs> daughter looks at me, and she says, you're wearing zombie makeup, Mom. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just did TV. I said, what do you mean by zombie makeup? And then she tried to backtrack, like, well, you don't usually wear so much makeup. And so it looks like zombie makeup, but your your lips are so red. And she was kind of trying to make a joke out of it. I was Aww. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make you watch The Walking Dead and show you what zombie makeup looks like. <laughs> you want to like. see real zombies, kid? I'm <laughs> I'll scare the you. crap out of you. <laughs> I am not scary. You think this is, yeah, it's like I felt like the Joker from Batman all of a sudden. So they don't see me in a lot, a lot of makeup. But, you know, I like makeup. And so I kind of struggle with how to talk to them about it because they ask me, like, why, why do you put on makeup or why can't we put on makeup? And so I tell them, that it helps me feel more professional. Oh, I like that explanation. Yeah, it took me a long way to get there, but that's kind of, I say, you know, it helps me feel professional and polished, and when you're an adult, it's one of the things that helps make you look put together when you're going out in business. But that when I'm just hanging around the house or at school, you know, I don't feel like I need it as much, because I don't want to talk about it in a beauty sense. Yeah, And also, I don't want them to, you know, I've had to tell them, take the lipstick off before you go to school, you're 10. You know, they're like, and they're like, oh, it's so fun. And I'm like, you know what? Costume makeup is for the house and for dress up time. You can wear lip balm. So we've talked about this before. For me, lip balm is where I draw the line. I love it. Meanwhile, Bridget's my four-year-old, now five-year-old, is walking around with black lipstick the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your daughter, Margot, makes her own, like, makeup videos on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Well, YouTube, I say. Yeah, fake YouTube. Yeah, fake YouTube. Meaning just on your phone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's called Photo Booth on my computer. But, But how old is she? 
she's uh, seven now. Okay. I can't keep track of anyone's age today. So she's seven, and she's really influenced by the fun, engaging makeup tutorials that she's seen that she's kind of making her own. Yeah, I mean, they're a double-edged sword, right? Because I'm like, you know, I love that they're watching cooking shows. They're watching these makeup tutorials. There are yeah. a lot worse things for kids to be watching. However, then they have this desire to put makeup on. But here's what's fascinating is that they don't see it as, like, a way to make themselves look more beautiful. Right. They see it really as, like, painting and actually... Actually, that's kind of what they look like. That. I think, well, my they think kids that do. they look like pretty grown-ups or something. See, really? My kids are all about just like painting. I mean, have you you haven't seen Margot's makeup tutorials? I have. I've seen a few. Did she you got upset her... that I saw it because she thought it was private. Right. Well, well, her <laughs> Valentine's Day look. Valentine's? No, yeah, Valentine's Day. Oh. Um, you know, it had like blue dots next to her eyes and then black lines down her cheeks. So she's treating it like a creativity product. Yeah, so I don't she think she wants to look like a manga character. Yeah, exactly. I don't think she She's trying to look like a hot, sexy adult. But, uh, oh God, God forbid. But I think that makeup is just one aspect out of it. I'm, you know, already seeing my 10-year-old's friends taking cute selfies of themselves in bathing suits, in outfits, and sending it to each other. And I got to say, just like viscerally, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, why should a 10-year-old be spending so much energy thinking about, like, how cute they look in a picture? Yeah, you're right. I mean, this whole idea about beauty yeah. is just, like, floating around. I mean, makeup is one aspect of it, but it's really hard. I think, you know, I really try with my kids to talk about their brains and how smart they are or how clever they were or how creative they are. I agree. And me too. But do you think it's a little disingenuous to talk about, like, you know, beauty's on the inside and this is what's important when all the messages in the world is that beauty is, in fact, important? I mean, there's so much data nerd research (laughs) out there. (laughs) Own it, Liz. Own the data nerd. There's a lot of research (laughs) out there that people that are more attractive are more likely to get jobs as oh, opposed yeah. to people that are equally qualified that like being attractive gives you an advantage in life. And so it's very hard to figure out as a parent how do we talk about that stuff and how you know how can I make them feel like their self-esteem isn't tied into their looks while not lying to them about the reality that like putting yourself together and dressing appropriately and carrying yourself confidently and feeling beautiful actually is going to get you further in life. Well I mean I think that's important though I think a lot of it is trusting your own instincts and, and, and how do you feel do you feel like your best and if you don't what could you do to make you feel your best mm. not based on like what you're seeing over here because what her best is is not necessarily your best meaning not not like a friend or a celebrity right or even on a magazine like that's her look like what about you like kind of taking it inside and not necessarily saying that beauty is on the inside right but like allowing kids to trust their own instincts when it comes to that kind of stuff it's hard but you know what they're the ones who haven't been so exposed to it like we as adults like we are just surrounded by messaging that says you're not good enough you're not pretty enough i think girls get that too i think they they do but I mean, like, all the time. I my really, little ones, not as much. I don't know if I agree with that. I think that kids are getting more stuff subliminally than we realize. They're exposed to so many more advertising messages than we ever were. Like, we just walk down the street in New York City and look what's on the phone booths or look what's on the top of the caps. Like, the ads are everywhere. It's a tough thing to navigate. And we keep talking about self-esteem and feeling good about yourself and feeling accomplished so that the beauty thing won't be as important. But... I was really intrigued by an article my mom sent me 
from a contributing op-ed writer in the New York Times this week called Being Dishonest About Ugliness. Hmm. And it was by somebody named Julia Baird. And what she's saying is, you know, we can always talk about like, oh, well, you're beautiful or you're beautiful to me or I think you're beautiful on the inside. But what happens, she says, when somebody is not conventionally attractive? What if they are, quote, ugly or fat? Even though there are better, kinder words to use or other characteristics to focus sure. on, like what do you do? And it made me think about the book Wonder, which we oh, talked yeah. about. Oh yeah, yes, I read this you, you use it as your pick of the week. So how do we talk about this? How do you talk to a kid about beauty without making them feel like it's everything, especially when your kid you know is not a conventional beauty? Well, I talk about differences with my kids all the time. And mm. The Beauty of Difference, which is our friend Karen Walren's book. She has a fantastic photo book, The Beauty of Different. For me, it's about saying, you know, your differences, the things about you. Like, I have a birthmark on my forehead, and for, like, the longest time I was really embarrassed about it. And now, I mean, yes, now I have blunt bangs, so it's covered. <laughs> but I got to a point in my life where I was I was like, you know what? This is what makes me unique. It was mm-hmm. took a really long time for me to get there. My daughters also have birthmarks on them. But in fairness, them. you're hot. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and in fact, in this article, they even mentioned the Hans Christian Andersen, like, ugly duckling story, right? Yeah. And the moral was still that, like, you can end up becoming beautiful. So the real goal of the story was, well, you can become beautiful later in life, if not now. But not everybody does. Yeah. Well, look, I think that it's going to start from people getting annoyed and upset with this culture and saying, you know what? There is value in other things. There is value in intellect. There's value in compassion and empathy and all those other things. But you know what? It's going to take a lot of people to get annoyed. And I don't think we're at that point yet. I think people are still like, yes, that's important. But oh, my God, she's so hot. You know, (laughs) yes. My boyfriend and I always joke about guys who will always say things like, oh, my God, how could he break up with that supermodel or how could he cheat on her? She's a hot actress. (laughs) And I think, you know, yes, she's a hot actress, but like. Six months into the relationship, she's just another woman nagging you, taking out the garbage and leaving the seat up. (laughs) Beauty really is skin deep. (laughs) So true. Well, we would love to hear from you, our listeners. Tell us what you think about this. We know that we came up with a lot of links this week, so we're going to put them on our podcast page. You can find that at coolmompics.com. And we'd really like to know, how do you talk to your kids about beauty? Do you tell them all that they're beautiful? Do you not say that at all? I'd really like the advice, actually, because I think a lot of parents are grappling with this. Yeah, me too. So email us, spawned at coolmompics.com. You can tweet us at coolmompics with the hashtag spawnshow, or you can find us on Facebook. And listen, we're going to get to our cool picks of the week in a bit. But first... So I'm excited to talk about Texture, which is our newest sponsor this week. And I have to say, my boyfriend is the biggest fan in the world. He got me turned on to this a while ago. It's fantastic. You guys are so hip. We try. We try. Actually, we're frugal. (laughs) (laughs) And it's great for that. What it is is an app that gives you an all-access pass to the best weekly and monthly magazines right on your phone or tablet. And you can even download them. So basically, you have access to everything you could possibly want to read at all times. It's amazing. That's awesome. Wait, so you mean I don't have to go to, like, the OB and sit in the waiting room and catch up (laughs) on, like... Two years ago, Princess Di's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can get like the latest stuff, and and you get back issues too. So one thing I like is every person in New York jokes about having the stack of unread New Yorker magazines that they feel guilty that they never got to. If you have the Texture app, then that gives you the ability to download all the past issues. And frankly, it's really affordable. They've got Road and Track, yeah. one of my favorites. <laughs> House and Home. 
They have everything, though. Like, I wait, mean, where's horse and hound? Oh, I love you with the Notting Hill reference. That is so awesome. So the best part is that Texture is offering Spawned listeners a free trial right now. Because you are awesome yeah. and deserve free things. So all you have to do is go to texture.com slash Spawned. That's S-P-A-W-N-E-D. And what do they get, Liz? What do they get? They will get unrestricted access to the world's best magazines from back issues to the one on newsstands today. So try it free right now. Texture.com slash Spawned. And now it's time for... Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! Yay! (laughs) I like that. We would love to feature your kids' cool Picks of the Week on our show. So you can record them on your voice memo or on your unnamed Android voice recorder. (laughs) And you can email them to spawned at coolmompicks.com. We'll pick our favorites and feature them on the show. Yay! But that is not our cool pick of the week. No, So I want to do a really fast, fun, totally random, super weird pick of the week. Okay. So Christina, who's our associate editor, who always finds awesome things. She does. She sent me an artist named Jeff Bennett, who goes by Alien Artisan at (laughs) DeviantArt. If you've never been to DeviantArt.com, it's just like a great place to find great artists. He's got an entire series called Wars on Kincaid. (laughs) And it's a mashup between Star Wars and Thomas Kincaid. And it is the best thing you've ever seen. He's created what looks like, you know, Thomas Kincaid, like... Yeah, the awful art guy that sells more art than anybody for some <laughs> crazy reason. So he's got like at ats like stomping through some bucolic cottage scene and trampling over the trees. Oh, it's awesome. You don't even have to be a Star Wars fan to love this, no, by the way. No, it's really funny. Or like one of my favorite ones, <laughs> Warren Kincaid 03. It's the stormtroopers <laughs> <laughs> stomping past this like little beautiful little English cottage and the whole thing is like on flames blown up in the background so it's awesome it's like as if everybody from the Death Star took a break came to Earth and destroyed everything in Thomas Kincaid's world so it's alienartisan.deviantart.com just take a look it's really funny and it'll just make you smile so mine is that ring that I can't get out of my head that we discovered so Liz and I after the podcast we walked to the subway together and we happened upon Jeanette NY just because of they had a really cool display. I remember it was like doll heads. Yeah, like, it was like kind of dark and creepy and yeah, awesome. Yeah, and then rose gold jewelry. And it's that <laughs> scarab ring. And yeah. I, and it's got beautiful diamonds and it's rose gold. But actually all her stuff is really amazing. Is this a hint? I feel like this is a holiday <laughs> gift hint from Kristen this Chase. This may possibly be a holiday gift <laughs> I really gift like hint. the scarab rose gold <laughs> ring from the place on Christopher Street with the the diamonds. But not the, the big diamonds, the little diamonds. Well, you better be careful because you're going to be getting a Star Wars Thomas Kincaid piece. If you're I would careful. totally hang that in my bathroom. <laughs> anyway, the site is g-i-n-e-t-t-e-n-y.com. This stuff is pricey, but it's really, I'm going to say it, unique. Not very unique. It's just <laughs> unique. See, I learned my lesson. It's my on lesson. point. It's on they point say these or days. on fleek. And I love it. So anyway, hop over there. If you're in the city, you can go over there. It's on West 4th or, you know, you can shop online. I grabbed the card and I've been coveting it ever since. That's a great pick. I love it. Well, you guys, you have survived yet another episode of Bond, <laughs> or we have, which is it? We hope we kept you good company today, and we are so happy you joined us. Huge thanks to our producer, Sarah Abdurrahman, and also big thanks to Laura Mayer and Annie Bowers at Panoply. And our engineer, Zach Dinerstein. We love hearing from you, your emails, your tweets. They really do make our day, so keep them coming. And make sure you subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher, and make sure you download the episode when you listen to it. 
so that you can hear it even if you're on a desert island with no cell phone service whatsoever because that could totally happen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.